You're tuning in to the Queen of Results Proclamation of Persistence, episode 42. Today's episode is all about finding your tribe of business besties. Find out what I mean in just a moment. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Queen of Results Proclamation of Persistence. My name is Erica Kastner and I'm the host, but I'm also the founder of Queen of Results, a coaching company that's dedicated to helping women leaders communicate with power and poise. And today we have an amazing guest on the show. Before we get into introducing her on today's show, let me ask you, Do you feel like in your business that you live by an all or nothing strategy? And do you also feel like you are constantly having to prove your value? Well, if you've ever thought that way, chances are you probably don't have somebody that's holding your feet to the fire or giving you a sense of encouragement and also on the other side of that encouragement, a swift kick in the pants to get you through your procrastination. And today's guest is all about knowing how to leverage other resources around her, finding herself with awesome people that are going to help her get more accomplished to impact the people around her. Kim Sutton is the Chief Social Media Marketing and Launch Strategist at Sutton Strategic Solutions. She specializes in assisting small business owners, especially coaches, develop, market, and launch their online programs. In addition, Kim leads a team who assists clients with Infusionsoft, social media marketing, and virtual assistants. Kim happens to live in Ohio with her husband, Dave, and their five children. Get out of town. Five children. That is incredible. Without further ado, please help me welcome Kim Sutton to the show. Hey, Kim. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to talk to our audience today. Oh, thank you for some... Yeah, let me try that again. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) No problem. It's easy to get tongue-tied on the show because we're so excited about all the things we've got going on to rock our business and rock our world, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today we're, we're really talking about this crazy little thing called positivity in not only our family lives but also in our workspace. And I know you know a thing about that because you've had... One crazy roller coaster of a ride, and I'm going to let you tell your story here in a little bit, but I know you and I have had the opportunity to kind of talk off air, and I really love your story. I mean, it really comes from a place of power and a place of, you know, but a place of, gosh, oh, my goodness, like unexpected, like, situations and how to deal with stress and how to manage it all. And you've got a company and you've got a young family and you wear a lot of different hats and you seem to do it all beautifully. And I just want you to share today a little bit about where you came from and how you got to where you're at today. Oh my gosh, yes. It's been such a journey in the most exciting way and a true roller coaster. And how I got started, I was actually an interior architect. That's how I was trained And I'm experienced in that as well for about 10 years. And then the economy went through its own roller coaster. And in 2008, I lost my job. And a lot of other personal life circumstances happened. But I ended up getting a job as an administrative assistant. I live in Ohio, so that's not exactly the interior design mecca of the world, you know. (laughs) 
So I became an administrative assistant and realized I was really good at it. I got to work with a lot of really level-headed people, some not so level-headed, but I really had passion for what I was doing. So my husband actually lost his job as well, and we decided that it was time for him to pursue his dreams. He is now an independent video game developer, and he went back to school in 2012 to, to pursue his dreams, and we needed some extra money. So I started looking for freelance work, and we realized this was great. I was working at home during the nights to make some extra money, and he was in school, and we had a dream of being able to work at home together within six months. And we made it happen within eight weeks. It was just a little thought in our mind, but we were so positive about it that we made it happen that fast. Over the past three years, we have gone through so many changes even since then. We've gone, our, yeah, let me try that again, grown our company up to at a top, at a peak of 25 team members. Right now we're at seven. But you have those cycles of change. And part of that was because along with growing our company, we've also grown our families. We're not each other's first spouse. We both had children from previous marriages, so we entered our marriage with three children. And now we have six. So oh my gosh. It's really very exciting. <laughs> and in short and in a very short amount of time too, I know, because you know, I, I think that, you know, we had kind of talked off air a few weeks back about like how you know, you had left, you know, an opportunity and thought, okay, well, I'm going to like do my thing. I'm going to, I'm going to do my dream business. You know, between me and my husband, we already have three kids. I'm probably not going to necessarily have kids could work out, but maybe it's not. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, you're pregnant. And then, <laughs> then you're like, wow, I just like gave up a job to like start my business and I'm going to be a mom. Like, so that must have been like a crazy time for you too to really get adjusted and reacquainted with like the new responsibility. So how did you how did you manage that challenge? How did you get to a place where you felt like you were, you know, sustaining like this new, you know, adventure and then also welcoming in this brand new adventure that you were coming into with being a mom? Yeah. Well the first part is really the most important for our success in that because when I was taking on new clients, even while I was pregnant, I made sure that from the start they knew that I was pregnant. And I know some people may argue with that, that, you know, you don't have to disclose that, but I am self-employed. I really don't feel that I can hide that, especially if I want to build long-term relationships with my clients, which is always my goal. So I told every new client during our interview that I was expecting. And one of those clients was there all through the pregnancy with my now two-year-old daughter, as well as when we had the shock of finding out we were pregnant with twins, not even a year later. So, and I'm still working with her today. And she totally loved the transparency and the honesty when I told her, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. Like I, I literally texted her on the way home from the doctor's appointment when I found out about twins. And she says, you, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're not funny, but she took it all right in hand, and really the clients appreciate the honesty. And that's, that's what I found over the last three years is that being honest about who I am and being honest about where I am in my life and letting the clients know that, I've not only found the ideal clients for me, but I've made relationships that work. If they 
can deal with the fact that if they call with an emergency and there might be a little bit of shrieking in the background, then they are, they're on their way to being perfect for me, and that's what I'm looking for. Well, and that whole bit about transparency, and I, I don't mean to say bit like in a you know, condescending way. I mean, it, it really, truly is a powerful tool because there are so many people out there that would try to, and not because that they're trying to be shady about anything, but they're just really like trying to put on this front that they're like pulled together. They've got it all like behind the scenes. They've got everything kind of working and rock and rolling. I think that's what I love about you know, talking with you, collaborating with you is that you're, you're pretty real about where you're at and you don't be us stuff. I mean, you, you just, you lay it down and you preface it beautifully. I mean, you always say, look, <laughs> I want to be completely honest and completely transparent with you. So it sets people up, you know, to hear that message in such a way that, that they can connect with and that they understand. But I think that that's a very pivotal point about you know, entrepreneurship today, I think that those people that have a tendency to fall by the wayside are the ones that are thinking they've got to do it all by themselves. They can't be, you know, they can't be like, they have to be perfect. I guess that's the way I wanted to say it. You just say, look, I mean, I'm going to come by this honestly, and I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to get the job done, but these are the circumstances that I'm working with, and it's not going to interfere with your life, but you at least know where I'm coming from, and I think that's awesome. So kudos to, to you to, to play that off so well and do and such an amazing job at, at balancing that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And with that said, I mean, there are times that you're going to have that client that you realize is not right for you. I mean, I've, I've had a couple or more than a couple. And I don't end client relationships on a, on a bad note. My parents always taught me not to burn bridges. But if I realize that it's just really not working, then I'm going to let them know. And it's not just because I'm selfish, but I want them to be working with the person that's best for them. And if it's not working best for me, then it can't possibly be working for them either. I mean, when I've had those times when clients are calling at 1130 at night, and yes, I have had them because they need something or they just had a grand idea. I mean, that's not really going to work for me, especially when I have newborn twins. So Mm -hmm. here's a couple of the people that you can talk to and they might be able to help you out now. But people that you say that to, Sometimes they're not going to appreciate it, and that does happen. A lot of the times they do because they know that you're looking out for their best interests and it's not all about you. And it really can't be all about you as a small business owner. Word of mouth referrals are so important. So if you don't have the best interest of your client in front of you, then how are you going to get your own best interest? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because, again, it's creating those women partnerships, you know, first and foremost. And I think that... You know, you've got an amazing you know, center of influence. We'll get to that in a second because I'll definitely want to ask about that. <laughs> so stay tight, audience. I am going to have a point with that here in a moment. But, you know, it's just tapping into your center of influence because we can't, as, as entrepreneurial women, we can't begin to service everybody with every need that they've got. It's just not realistic. And if we go out there and we think that we can, that's where we're going to start feeling burned out and not thinking positively, thinking thinking from a place of lack and scarcity and, you know, all those things that really don't drive business. They actually push more of that away. Would you agree with that? Completely, wholeheartedly agree with that, yes. Yeah, I I figured you would, and and I think that that's just such a critical element as as far as, you know, getting more of what you want is just having that ability to 
to maybe turn some business away and say, look, you're not a good fit for me, but here I have some other potential connections that could you know, eventually be a good fit for you and, and go seek those people out. So let's switch gears a little bit here because you're a working mom, I'm a working mom, and I think for the most part, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but based on the conversations we've had in the past, I think we're living on our dreams for the most part. We're taking the bull by the horns and we're running our companies and we're doing our thing. But to the moms out there that are maybe behind their cubicle or behind their nine to five job right now and they really don't feel like they can detach from that and go live out their entrepreneurial dreams, what do you think is keeping them from that, from just doing that maneuver? A lot of people, and especially moms, think that they have to do all or nothing, that they need to jump in with both feet and that they can't take little baby steps, just like their kids, to achieve their dreams. And that's exactly how I got started, was by little baby steps. Yes, they got a lot bigger, a lot faster than I expected, but I had no intention of quitting my job within two months. I, as I think I said, I, I was hoping for within eight months being able to quit my job. So there is no reason why you can't be taking a little bit of action every day to, and I saw this great post today actually on Facebook. It said, everyday, take everyday action to turn your passion into your purpose. And it just resonated with me. I mean, that is so true. You don't need to do everything in a day. Your kids don't do everything in a day and you don't need to either. Well, and I was talking to somebody, in fact, it was earlier today, I was talking to actually a dad, and we were talking about that, you know, similar message of you can't possibly expect that if you do something once, and then you put it like away, and you don't do it again for another eight months, that you're going to be any good at it. Like it's going to be a little rusty or it's not going to come together. But if you're doing something every single day or even if you're checking in with it every single week, like in your case, just doing little things each and every day to kind of build awareness, build your business, holy cow, all of a sudden you're like, well, gosh, I just totally, I thought it was going to happen in eight months. But now look at me, I'm, I'm able to do what I said I was going to do in eight months in two months because I was committed to it and doing something every single day. So I think that that's, a, that's an interesting, not interesting, I mean, it's just it's relevant to really make sure that people are doing something every single day to get them closer to their goals. That's awesome. So now looking back, what was maybe a lesson that you learned throughout your, your entrepreneurial journey that you could maybe share and give some advice on how to maybe work through that or, you know, like revisit that or rework that situation? Like what was the big lesson or the big aha that you'd want to share with our audience today that might be in the same situation? Yeah, that's twofold. The first is you need to know your value because when I started, I have to admit, I went in way too low of a price point. I started on Elant, which is now Upwork, and I was putting in for virtual assistant positions and I saw all of these proposals that I was going against for $3 an hour. So I didn't even take what I was making at, as an administrative assistant. I lowballed that because I figured it was better than going to work at the local gas station. I mean, I'm just being totally honest here. And I'm not I'm sorry. Anybody who's listening that's at a gas station, I'm not trying to insult you. But I was just trying to be more competitive to people who are overseas which is not what you need to worry about. You need to be confident in your skills and confident with where you are. And when you talk to people, when you talk to prospects with confidence in what you know and what your abilities are, 
then they're going to feel it. And one of my very first clients asked me, why is your pricing so low? She flat out told me, I almost didn't hire you because your pricing was so low that I didn't expect you to know what you were doing. And I told her what my reasoning was, and she said, you need to stop that. Mm. And that was a big wow for me. And the other, the other point is knowing who your niche industry, like your, your ideal client is. That may not come right away. It didn't come right away for me. That's probably only been in the last year. But the sooner you can get a grasp on who your ideal client is, then the sooner you can start targeting that client through all of your marketing efforts and you know where to go to look for work. You can't be everything to everybody, as you just said, Erica. Yeah, and, you know, I think that, like, it's so funny because I think when I when I tell people that concept of, you know, like, just really niche down what you're really trying, who you're really trying to hone in on, you know, I always get that question of, like, well, what if I, you know, what if somebody wants me to do this for them and it doesn't fit into that model? Well, you have two decisions. One, you can say, okay, great. I, you know, I, based on the current workload I have and, you know, the commitments that are outstanding and things that are going on in my world, I can take you on as a client. Or you can simply say, look, my specific, you know, focus is this, but I happen to know these three people that could possibly help you out. So it doesn't mean you have to ultimately turn the business away. It just means that you're not out there trying to fish for, you know, a ton of carp when you're really out there trying to find the snook. So, and I'm a Florida girl, fishing girl. It's probably there. I don't think there's any of those snook up in uh, <laughs> up in Ohio. Oh, my husband. No, not really. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That's the only fishing analogy I can really give down here in Florida. But you understand what I'm saying, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. But as you build that reputation for the services and the providings that you offer, then people are going to trust you more and ask you, "Hey, do you know who I can go for this?" So while I even have my specialties within my business now, and they've expanded, they're beyond VA now. I've actually built a team within my company that handles virtual assistants. And while I know how to build websites, I have people who do that. So yes, I can go in and do it. I can help out. And I have to honestly admit that I love getting into websites and working on them. But I don't have to be everything for everyone. So Right. And I think you think you bring up an excellent point about, you know, and there's so many and I'm speaking to the solopreneurs out there or the one woman or the one man show people out there who are trying to, you know, not only be everything to everybody, but they're trying to take on like all their all the stuff. You know, like, okay, so so let's say that they are exactly in your position where they're providing strategic solutions for businesses. Okay, so like there's that VA piece to it, the virtual assistant piece to it, there's the web piece, there's the graphic design piece, there's a the project management piece, there's all those pieces, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you as the solopreneur or the mom and pop need to like do all those things yourself. You can either one, outsource those things or bring other people onto the team to do those things for you and, and then you're not burning out, you're not stressing out and you're really being the operator of the whole shebang instead of just saying, okay, well, I'm going to be like everything to everybody and do all this stuff and try to get it all done. I mean, like they'll just burn out. So, I mean, kudos to you for rocking a winning team and really seeing that as the piece to 10x your efforts instead of trying to do it all by yourself. Dina DeVee says you shouldn't do your own laundry. And I've been trying to impress this upon my older children. My boys are 13 and 10. They have to do chores. The 13-year-old has to do the dishes. He'll ask me, why do I have to do the dishes? 
I said, well, what am I doing while you're doing the dishes? And he's like, we're, you know, he gives me like a teenager response. Like, okay, so while I'm working, I'm making money. So do you want allowance for doing the dishes or not? And then he switches right around and keeps on going. So getting a virtual assistant is the same way. This might be a bad analogy. It's getting your kids to do their chores. <laughs> you know, that's an awesome analogy. <laughs> so, I mean, my 10-year-old knows how to do laundry, and he earns allowance to buy whatever he wants. But then I don't have to. I can do what I am good at, which is not cooking, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah, I can focus on what I'm good at and keep on going, and everybody's happy except for them because they don't like their chores, but that's okay. Well, yeah, and again, that's that's part of like, you know, being a leader, not only for your organization, you're teaching and training other people how you want it done, you're systemizing, you're creating, you know, job opportunities for other people, you know, you're you're empowering other people to take initiative, but we can do that for our own families, too, and I think there's bring up an excellent point about, you know, those moms out there who feel like they have to take every task or every chore on in the house when they've got perfectly able children. And the last time I checked, I started ironing when I was like eight or nine, I think. And I didn't die from that condition of knowing how to iron. <laughs> so I burnt myself a couple of times trying to figure it out. But like I figured it out. And so like to you moms or even dads out there that have, you know, kids that really don't understand the value of picking up a dust broom. It's about time you start doing that because why would you need to do that? You're doing other things to provide for your family. So it's part of their obligation as, as a family unit to, if they're capable, that they need to contribute to the chores or to whatever else you need them to contribute to. So I think that's an excellent point you just brought up there. Thank you. Yeah, my son last week, he didn't want to do the chores. And he said, well, what do I get from this? And so I thought about it for a second and I said, internet access. <laughs> he said, well, that would be stupid to take it away from me. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, we already have it. And I said, I, I just told him to go back and do the course. But I, I'm hoping that maybe by the time he reaches 14, he'll start to understand. <laughs> but it might take up 20. Well, and that's, that's just the nature of kids, right? Their minds aren't totally fully developed yet. So we've got to give them a little bit of slack. But it's just being consistent, going back to that consistency piece again. I mean, if you were, you know, saying, okay, well, I guess that's fine, child. Go ahead and, you know, like, don't do them. I'll just pick it up. I mean, there's no lesson learned in that. I mean, there's no consistency in that message. I mean, because, in fact, it's confusing the child. So, you know, so just being consistent and staying firm, and it doesn't mean you have to be a grouch when you're assigning chores, but, you know, you can really empower your kids to really, you know, help the team and to help themselves to learn a skill set that, that's going to, you know, perhaps take them to the next level. Who knows? So, so yeah, don't uh, listen to those talking back sassy teenagers when they don't want to do their chores. Just stay in your ground, moms. <laughs> right. I'm going to go back to virtual assistance a little bit here. When I'm talking to my kids about what chores they want to do, this is the same discussion I have with my team. I don't want any member of my team feeling like they're doing something that they don't enjoy doing. You know, we're all self-employed here. So, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then it's time to give it up and keep on going back to what you enjoy because that's where your passion shows and that's where you're going to make your money. So I constantly tell them, and this is my team, forget the kids now, but I constantly tell them, if there's something that you'd rather be doing, let me know because there's probably opportunities to be doing that. And then with the clients, like I see what they're dealing with. I see you know, email inboxes that have 10,000 unread emails in it. 
I mean, and I know from my personal experience that my desk gets overloaded all the time with kids stuff. And that's when my brain just feels like it's about to explode because I'm not organized seeing all this stuff on my desk. And I don't know how a client can actually deal with that, seeing 10,000 unopened emails in their box. And that's where you need to start calling the help in. Because little by little, as you get yourself organized, your whole business is going to start coming together. And all those ideas that you're constantly having can start working themselves out if you get the systems in place a little bit at a time. Get the systems in place to make the big things happen. Yeah, and, you know, like we were talking off air about having, like, you know, what was the disorder you called it? It's a funny one, of course. But idea disorder. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. I mean, for anybody out there listening today, oh, my gosh. I mean, you're, if you are listening to this podcast, well, you're a rock star, so thank you so much for listening. And you're probably somebody that has a ton of ideas, you know, and, and they're constantly, like, running through your mind. And, and like, sometimes I, I like – my own virtual assistants, like they look at me like I'm crazy sometimes. I, they they don't say that to my face, <laughs> and I love them. They're rock stars. I mean, they they really do a great job at keeping me sane. But I probably make them crazy because I'm just like, okay, girl. So we're gonna be like, you know, looking at this project this week, and I have to slow myself down and I have to say, okay, like, is this in line with my vision? I had a, a mentor, Robert Riepel. He was on the show not too long ago. But, you know, saying things like, you know, if we take on a lot of projects or we take on a lot of responsibilities and we're, and we're not in line with our vision and we can't commit 100% to it, then we have to say no. And if we, and we want to do it, but we physically can't do it, that's where, to your point, Kim is actually, you know, okay, how can I tap on the shoulders of a virtual assistant or somebody that can help me manage this project and, and get it off the ground in the way that it should be and, and help my idea launch in a beautiful way, but how do I stay out of it? And I think that that, that you know, virtual assistants have saved me tons and tons of time, so I appreciate the art and I appreciate what you do for for that industry because, again, you know, like it's saving a lot of entrepreneurs out there a ton of time and a ton of heartache and heartbreak, you know, just overwhelm and stress and everything else. So that's awesome. So now let's talk about this. Like I know you've got some really exciting projects that are coming up around the bend. So we were kind of talking off air about them, but I wanted you to maybe give our audience a sneak peek about what's going on in your world, especially in the next, you know, 60 days or so. What do you got cooking? I actually have this course launching in the next couple of weeks, and it's called 10 Weeks to 10K, and it doesn't have anything to do with money. And the 10K is actually Twitter followers. And the reason why this course got developed was because I rebranded my business earlier this year. The business strategy division was actually broken off just to get more consistent branding. And at the same time, I broke off into my own personal brand as well. So you can find me on Twitter at the Kim Sutton. Kim Sutton was already taken. But I decided to start using some new strategies in my Twitter engagement and growth. And it took off. In seven months, I actually grew my Twitter account from zero to 20,000 followers. And I didn't pay for them. And this same growth also resulted in podcast interviews. Not yours, Erica, though. This has been fantastic, finding you. <laughs> but it's had a lot of impact on my business. And I 
this is not where I was with my, with my business accounts. And I see so many people who are so frustrated with Twitter and they think it's a waste of time. They give up on it altogether. And Twitter can be hacked, I mean that in the best way possible, in as little as 10 to 15 minutes a day, and even probably less if you really wanted to. And in 10 weeks, you can grow your follower base by 10,000 people. And that's what my course is going to teach. It's going to teach you the growth strategy, the tweeting strategy, and a whole lot more. I can't even think about all the modules right now. As we talked about off air, I'm still, I'm still editing videos. So that is one of those things that I have not let go of yet. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, like it was so interesting and I'm not going to share the tip, but I know when you and I first met, you shared a little strategy with me and it was a very simple one. And I got to tell you that like the minute I did it within that like 72 hours, you know, I attracted more Twitter followers to my account. And so like, now that I have like, you know, a hundred, not that I'm saying that that's like terrible, but when you're trying to grow on a national scale or an international scale as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you want that traction, you want that like clout. And so, you know, social media platforms like Twitter, like Facebook, like LinkedIn, I mean, those are all excellent ways for us to position ourselves and our companies. And depending on what your industry is, there's tons of other opportunities out there, but those are like the main three. So I got to tell you, sister, like that one little nugget you gave me, it really helped me and it, it, it makes me like, you know, like look at it a lot differently. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like this big overwhelming monster that it's moving like, I don't know how fast Twitter moves. I mean, it's really ridiculous how fast it moves. But, you know, like I, that's how I was looking at it. And like you put it into a very simple, basic tip for me to manage. And it's been really super helpful. So I appreciate that. So if you guys are listening to this and you want to know more about how to boost your Twitter strategy, that's actually hard to say. You ought to take Kim up on the course. And, of course, I'll have the links to where you can find more details about that course as well, too, in the info section of the podcast. So, Kim, what's the final thought you want to leave our audience to? before we wrap it up today? I would say that my final thought is find a business bestie. I've been seeing this expression around a lot. And I don't care if you're male or female, but find an accountability partner or find somebody that you connect to in a mastermind group and start working with them on both a personal and professional level to keep each other accountable. Because My accountability partner has been awesome. I also have my husband here who I can tell anything to, but I know from my own experience that sometimes a spouse can't necessarily be everything that you're looking for, especially when they're not involved in the day-to-day operations of your business. And I'm not saying that your accountability partner would either, but this person would be the person to pick you up when you get discouraged, who's going to tell you to go out and rock the world and do everything that you're meant to be. So if I challenge you to do one thing in the next three days, I would have to say, do that. Find that person who's going to be your rock. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment because, again, you know, we don't have to do things alone. We don't have to do things by ourselves. And, yes, we can certainly call our husbands or our spouse or our moms or our sisters, but they're probably not going to be the best motivator for us because they're the same ones that, you know, are going to love us and want to tell us what we want to hear. And an accountability partner, I know in my experience with using accountability partners, it's all about, like, 
you know, pushing me to that next level and not sugarcoating anything, really just telling me how it is. And, and so go out there and find that person that is, they're not afraid to like tell you what you, you know, like what you probably don't want to hear, but you need to hear in order to take yourself to the next level. So awesome, awesome statements. I really appreciate that advice, Kim. That was awesome. So I am so excited to have this chance to talk with you today, but unfortunately we've got to wrap it up. But, you know, where can people find you and connect with you if they want to continue the conversation with you? Yeah, there's a couple ways. The easiest is probably through Twitter. And my Twitter handle is at the Kim Sutton's. And you can also find me at my personal website, thekimsutton.com. And Erica, I'm sure you'll have the link to my business website in the show notes. I always hate having to spell that one out, so we'll just have it there. <laughs> I will. Yeah, Kim has an amazing, amazing lineup of services that really will help entrepreneurs take their business to the next level. So, of course, I am going to have all that information on where you can find out how to work with Kim, whether it's like utilizing her services or taking her up on her Twitter course. Kim, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to our audience today. You rock, sister. Thank you. You do, too. Wow, what an amazing interview. I am so glad I had a chance to connect with Kim and really go a little deeper beyond the positive mindset that I think a lot of business owners think that they have to have. And and that is so, 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 so important to the process. But the reality is that positive mindset is only going to get you so far and your own strengths are only going to get you so far. So we've got to be able to rely on our own action to pick up the phone and align ourselves with people that are going to help us carry out our vision and our mission and our purpose in life. Because again, I know that a lot of you listening to the show today have a ton of purpose and a ton of passion for what you're doing. And if there was one thing that you could take away from the interview, I know this is one thing that I took away from the interview is that I've got to be able to rely on other people to help me carry out my mission. So I think I've made a huge commitment to that purpose in 2015. That's only going to get stronger in 2016. If you are listening to this right now and you're still playing the one man band, stop it right now. Pick up the phone and get in touch with people that can be a powerful resource to you. I have ways that you can connect with Kim in the info section and the show notes of this podcast. So that would be a great place to start. But you also have me, the queen of results. Hit me up, Erica at thequeenofresults.com. It's an excellent way to leverage two powerful resources, myself and Kim, to get you to accomplish more of what you want in the upcoming months, in the upcoming new year. So take action. Don't do it alone. You don't have to. You can actually create the business and life that you love with powerful people that have got your back and will help you take your business to the next level. And for those of you who are looking at boosting your social media presence in 2016, I know Kim threw out an amazing opportunity to work with her to boost your Twitter followings. I know that the simple strategies that she gave me in our short time off air before this interview really helped make a difference in my world when it came to impacting my Twitter followers and also the way I engage with that population. So if that's something that is a goal for you in 2016, take her up on that little offer to connect with her and get those Twitter followers up. And of course, engage with that audience as well to really get more of what you want and also help support the others that are in your Twitter community. 
Now, that's all we have time for today, but I want to thank our guest, Kim Sutton with Sutton Strategic Solutions, and of course, you out there listening to today's show. I am so grateful each and every time you tune in. Hit me up at erica at thequeenofresults.com to let me know what information you want connected with in 2016. Do you have an idea for a guest on the show? Perhaps maybe you even want to be a guest on the show. I am loving that energy, and I want to hear from you. So again, Again, email me, erica at thequeenofresults.com to connect with those opportunities and to give me your feedback so I know I'm providing you with resources to wreck your world. Until next time, I'm Erica Kastner. Take care.